We absolutely love Drink Arepa here at Keegan & Company. Not only is this a brain performance drink, but it was designed and tested by neuroscientists in New Zealand made from all natural ingredients. When I was playing professional footy, I was constantly looking for ways to be better physically and mentally. Now, podcasting, study and work, I focus on training, good quality food and sleep, where I prioritise having a bottle of a repper when I want to be switched on mentally. Gives me mental clarity and I just feel like I'm on. Head to drinkatrepper.com and use the bespoke code Keegan25 for 25% discount. That's Keegan25 at drinkarepa.com. Keegan and Company is not a licensed mental health service and should not be a substitute for professional help. In these conversations, we touch on a variety of mental health issues and the advice given is general in nature. So if you are struggling, please seek professional advice or call Lifeline on 13 11 14. Enjoy the episode. Keegan and Company. It's Keegan and Company, the company you keep. That's it. That's got to be it. Welcome back to the Keegan and Company podcast. Before we kick things off, I do have a small favor to ask. If you could all please like and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on, it would mean a lot. It's a great way for us to grow the podcast and, and have some really amazing guests, which I do have on today. So now um, I'm pretty pumped for this conversation. Um, in this episode, I'm talking to Sydney Roosters player, New South Wales origin player, uh, Australian Jillaroo, host of the Kicking It podcast, Corbin Baxter. How are you? Hey, Keegs. I'm well, thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. Your rap sheet is so long. Like, I, <laughs> I left so many things off that oh. intro. How do you How do you finding it? How are you balancing it all? Yeah, it's a lot. Um, I don't know. It's it's exciting. I, you know, obviously love my footy. Um, the podcast has been lots of fun. Something new that um, me and Kiana really enjoy doing, um, especially being players at the moment. But And something that we can, you know, we're talking about footy, but it's just... Yeah, it's obviously different to training and playing and um, the other side to, to what rugby league's all about. But yeah, life's busy, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I um I wrote a list down maybe like, I don't know, maybe like a month ago, two months ago of like everyone who I wanted to have on this podcast and like different sports, AFL, NRL, all the W spaces, Olympics. And you were one of them. Purely, purely because like, obviously a very like established athlete in, in your sport, but also what happens off the field. And I know we'll do a deep dive into being a young mum, being a mum in the NRLW, which I'm like, so I have so many questions for, um, which is why this platform is like just so easy to do, right? We get a full hour just to sit and talk shit for an hour, which is great. Um, but before we dive into that, I kind of want to know what the McGregor household was like growing up. Like, were you, were you always you know into sport when you were growing up or was it something that came later in life no it was something that I was definitely brought up with um I'm one of five kids I've got four brothers so I was ranked um number four one younger brother and four older brothers um big rugby family more rugby union my dad's diehard all blacks fan um so yeah life in the McGregor household was pretty rough we (laughs) we just would play a lot of um footy in the backyard footy in the lounge room um or like murder in the dark but it was like just smash each other (laughs) lots of fun so um yeah like looking back really grateful for my childhood um literally can't fault it loved everything about it and I think um yeah there was lots of us in one one household um but we just knew how to sort of um let each other be but we got along really well it was it was really nice and it's it's funny like growing up with some of my girlfriends who had 
sisters and like having sleepovers with them I'm like I could not have a sister like really? yeah, <laughs> the drama I'm like I can't deal with that so um yeah feel very very blessed with um how how I was brought up and would, having four brothers it'd be so I imagine it'd be so like rough and competitive having four <laughs> brothers right was was there any like standout memories that come up oh probably me and my the my brother just above me Jordan I don't know he I always felt like growing up, he didn't like me. <laughs> I think maybe because I was a girl, the girl and yeah. obviously he was the baby, then I was the baby. But even like into our teens, he was a very good rugby player. Um, and I think I was very into my sport as well. So I'm not, I don't, I don't think there was any jealousy, but there was just something that I always felt like he, you know, like there was just a little bit of a tension there. Com yeah, competitiveness. Yeah, I yeah. think it was just a bit of competitiveness or maybe it was just the fact that I annoyed him. I'm not sure. <laughs> we get along sister. great now. We, yeah. I get along with all my brothers. But um, no, nah, like he was the one that I was always playing knee footy with in the lounge. He gave yeah. me a lot of time for that and he genuinely loved competing. So I think, um, yeah, we had a lot of fun. Do your brothers play footy now? Do they all play footy now? Um, to, Yes, they do. My three older do. Um, like just park, well, not park footy, better than park footy. Yeah. They play... Um, at Southern Districts, I'm yeah. not sure what the level is, <laughs> <laughs> um, but they go good. Um, Jordan, the one just above me, was going really well. He was a bit injury prone. I think that's what held him back. He was in the in the Waratahs sort of academy for a while, but um, yeah, a bit injury prone, and I think that's sort of what um, held them back and didn't let them progress as much as they would have liked to. But yeah, still play and play with each other, yeah. which is pretty cool. Did you mix up sports growing up, like? Did you play a bunch or yeah. was it just footy? Yeah, I, I tried everything that I could. I grew up mainly being a netball girl. Love my netball. Um, touch footy, Oz tag. Um, they were probably my three main um, sports. Bit of athletics in there, mainly just for school, nothing outside. But um, found rugby league a bit later in my life. But really just enjoyed trying new things. Played a little bit of gridiron. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really? Which is a bit random, but um, yeah, good fun. Did you, um, did you have to stop playing... At a certain age, because when I was coming through, we had um, we had Sahara. Like I used to play with Sahara. Oh, it was really? at Roosters. Yeah, yeah. We went to um, Wurundjeri and and like in the Rang on the Gold Coast. Yeah. Way back in the day, and she, I think she was a year older than me, and she was our back row at the time. So we were both playing back row, which That's is really the best. But she like her skills back then were better than most, but definitely better than mine, hundred percent. Which isn't <laughs> easy to, which is easy to do. Oh. But she was, but she was so talented. But I remember. There was a whole bunch of girls that stopped playing mm. at, at maybe like under 12s yep. or 13s. Was it the same for you? Well, I didn't actually grow up playing rugby league. So I didn't start till I was 20. So I missed the junior okay. sort of coming through. But from the stories that I hear from Zahara and a lot of the other girls that did play and then had to stop, it's I think it was around that 12 years because, you know, boys develop boys, differently yeah. and um, it's a bit unsafe. So um, I didn't have to go through that personally, but um, yeah, for, for the girls that did, it would have been really tough when you grew up playing rugby league and then that gets taken away from you. I know mm. I was lucky enough to play netball the whole way through. That was, you know, my passion at that point of my life. So um, yeah, really rough. But the fact that, you know, that's changed now and 100%. it's really exciting for young girls to be able to play all the way through. There's girls, there's girls teams, there's girls competitions. There's even like school girls it's teams huge. that are coming in right yeah yeah there is i actually coach at um endeavor sports so the um girls it's rugby union slash rugby league yeah. so they play both throughout the year um but yeah it's the opportunity now for girls at that age to play in um female competitions and you know work their way and, and upskill by the time that it gets to you know your tasha gal competitions um and your nrlw like it's it's awesome for them to be able to be prepared for that come 
when they turn you know 17 18 and it's cool to see like for them <clears throat> someone to look up to and like an avenue that they can actually go and play professional semi-professional football right because back then there was no real competition right there was no one really to look up to yeah for sure and yeah I feel like the last six years you know since NRLW has been going has been huge for that Mm. um and you know we're getting a lot of interest around the sport which is amazing but yeah there was nothing back then like when I was growing up I didn't know rugby league was a thing yet it was to some degree like the international game was going it obviously just wasn't very well known Mm. um so the fact now that there's some household names in the women's space is really exciting and you know girls can see a legitimate future for playing rugby league it's so exciting i'm so pumped to see like what the next 10 years is good like you look at the last what six eight years yeah imagine what it's gonna be like in the next 10 or 20 years because i know um in the afl they talk about um they talk about sons coming through after their dads or their grandfathers because you know it's been around for over 100 years imagine when like girls are going to be coming through and like their mum's played or like their grandma's played that's so (laughs) sick to think about so cool i know i think i'll be well done by then 10 years i wish i was 10 years younger (laughs) (laughs) i'll be the the grandma (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah it's awesome and yeah i'm really excited to see what the next 10 20 30 years looks like as well sick um you're a couple games into the nrlw season how how are your girls going yeah, it's been it's been really good. Um, Roosters have had a, a great season. Um, we've got our last round this weekend, so um, last round in, then into some finals footy, which is exciting. Um, there's been you know a lot of talk about the Sydney Roosters and and being a little bit stacked, but I feel like you know there was also talk around ten teams in this competition. That's a four team step up from last year. We only had six, um, and the worries around um, depth of of squads and you know it being big blowouts in in teams and we haven't seen that there's been some really great matches and um you know teams that have been at the top of the ladder are losing to teams at the bottom so um i think it's been awesome i've loved um yeah every every single round i'm loving that we've got more than a five six week competition it's been um, a little bit longer we've been able to find our groove a little bit and um yeah hopefully we can get into that final series what's the dream is the dream to go to 26 rounds eventually is that the goal i think so yes like we definitely need to be smart about it there's already talk about throwing in another two teams next year which um is a bit wild but I would love to see the same amount of teams, even for the next year or two, but more rounds. Mm. Uh, even if it was, you know, we play each other twice, that's, you know, close to 20 rounds and then a couple of finals games as well. Um, but yeah, over the next, you know, t- five, 10 years, if we can get towards similar to the men's and we're playing a year round, like that's the dream for sure. Would you prefer to play before the boys team, like before the boys game, or do you want standalone? Because I hear both arguments to both. What would you, what do you, what's the, what yeah, do you think? For, for NRLW, I feel like we get a little bit of both, mm. uh, or we have in, in the last few seasons, um, playing before the, the boys is sick. It, it depends, I guess, on, on the timing and, yeah. and what day we play on. Obviously, if it's a Thursday, it's a bit rough if we're playing too early and yeah. everyone's still at work and we're not going to get many people coming out to watch us um, on the weekends, like for sure. Um, but there's been a lot of talk around origin and should we play before the men's yeah. um yeah what's your views on that yeah originally i thought no because i really enjoy the standalone game yeah. and i love that people are coming to watch us and we're playing at a time that is good for us nighttime, um and we get really good viewership i think if we play before the men on a wednesday night like similar thing as a thursday night game mm. it's too early people won't come out early for yeah um t- to watch us but 
the way that the game's going and um, the popularity around it, uh, it, it's definitely worth a try. And yeah. I think it would be pretty sick to have a female women's state of origin before a men's one. Like, why not give it a go? It's so cool. I played, um, I think, one of like the under 20s or one of the 18 state of origins. We played at, oh, where was it? I think like ANZ or something like that before the main team. Yep. And it was the biggest crowd. Obviously, I played with because we were 18 or 20 years yeah. old. That was the yeah, biggest yeah. crowd. But we, I think it held like 40,000 people before. And as a kid, yep. it was huge. Sick. Which was, which was so cool. It was so cool to and see. And it was packed out? Well, it was, it was like well, half full. It was like half oh, full. That's but huge. even then, like, and everyone was getting around it. Like, for me, I would 100%, like, if the game's on, I'd be going 100%. Yeah. We went to, um, I went to the first, uh, the Broncos Roosters first female standalone game last year. Yeah. I think it was. And it was so cool because Bronx have a pretty cool fan base. Like yeah. they've got 40 or 50,000 members and they pulled like, I don't know, it was like five or 10,000. I don't yeah. think, were you playing? I don't think you were playing. Was is that, that, is that Suncor- Suncorp last year? Um, we had two seasons last year. I'm not sure which one it was. I, I think. Back in the season. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So the first. I'm not sure if I was there. I think the first, the second year I was pregnant and the first season, um, the round game, I think I had COVID. And I, missed yeah. it. So I don't think I was there. <laughs> but what, it, what it, my point is, is that it's so cool that you've got so many people like yeah. genuinely invested into, into the game. 100%. And it's just, it's just a growth. Like even in like the male space, like back in the day, like no, like boys weren't full time. Like yeah. they were all, they were all working as well. So it's really cool to see like obviously their growth, but then like the girls following a similar trajectory as well. And they'll probably, I think that it's the girls are going to be even bigger and it's going to happen even faster because you know, you girls have like personalities to yeah. be honest. And you girls, <laughs> and you like, you really lean into that where I don't know, it's a stereotypical thing in footy where, you know, guys probably don't want to get in front of the camera as much as the girls. You know, the girls are a lot more engaging yeah. with fans. You know, I don't know. I know it, what you mean. You know it's, what I mean? It's a totally different brand. Yes. I feel like, the yeah, women, you know, we've got jobs and like footy is super exciting to us and we love like the opportunity that comes with building our own brand and, and growing the women's game. Obviously, the boys, I'm sure, um, know their duties as well, but it's just a little bit different. I yeah. feel like, um, yeah, the girls are super, super grateful for um you know what comes with being an elite athlete because we have never be really been around that space so mm. it's it's exciting for us uh coming back to the roosters you girls are stacked <laughs> <laughs> you girls have like you have one of the obviously like best teams on paper with yourself uh Liv Koenig Jess Serges Keely Davis you know Millie Boyle yeah. how do you girls have such a great side <laughs> um is everyone taking pay cuts <laughs> <laughs> we this sounds familiar I think Kiana grilled me on this on Did our she? podcast yeah, yeah she had, same question she was scanning them out yeah you know I feel like I've been a part of the Roosters from the get-go back in 2018, and in that year as well, we had a we had a very good team on paper. It didn't go so well, yeah. so I feel like no matter how good your squad is on paper, it's got to come together. Mm. Um, I feel like we've been building. You know, we've been up and down over the years. Um, we got the premiership in the 21 season last year. We just fell short. I feel like we've created an environment where people want to be a, a part of it, um, and that's brought over. You know, the likes of Taryn Aiken and Millie yeah. Boyle, and yeah. um, you know, I'm. I'm I'm sure that they can see themselves here for, you know, a, a few years as well and want to be a part of it for a few years. But, yeah, I'm not mad about it. I, <laughs> I love, you know, that I've been able to come back after having um, a baby and, and into a really great side. And, um, yeah, I'm just glad that we're playing some good footy. We will we will touch on you and Lubodi and obviously Carter as well. But just before that, why, how, I guess, the like the culture. I want to talk about the culture of the Roosters because even talking to a lot of the girls in your team, I won't 
say their names because they're probably talking about contracts at the moment but they're like we can't um like i'd say they're like we'd say for less 100 percent, just because of the culture that you yeah. guys have built how how is it built like because obviously you're a leader in the side you've captained the side before is that from the coaching staff is it from the players that have been there in the 2021 grand final where do you think that comes from i think it's a little bit of both of those things you touched on uh, our coach john strange definitely has a lot to do with it um i think he's shown the last two years that you know what he's about he his first year of coaching he gets the premiership um last year i think you know there were we were undefeated through to the finals, had a bit of a shocker in the semi and, and didn't make it through to the grand final. But you could see that the Roosters football, that he, uh, the coaching that he's brought into the Roosters football um, has made a huge difference and it was really exciting footy. Um, and then that's grown even this year. I feel like we've been playing um, some, yeah, great footy all around. Our defence has been he, – he's really built off defence um, and then some of the attacking that we can work with. And obviously with the players that we've got, yeah. it, it's, it's great to – to be able to play in that and for the fans to see as well. But yeah, there's been, a, there's been a core group of us that have been there for, you know, a long time as well. Like Isabel was there from the very first year, myself, um, Bridie Parker. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to bring it back to, I think our coach John Strange has a lot to do with it. And you girls, like obviously you've got some great players, but you've got just the best crew. Like yeah. you've got like the, like the most like nicest, genuine girls. I remember when it came to the captain's run the other week. And everyone's just so like nice and friendly, and they, you know they're yeah, they're talking shit, like they're <laughs> playing this, they're kicking each other like a ball at each yeah. other. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it looks like you guys got such a great friendship group in that in that circle. We do. It's it's very close knit, and we have a lot of fun. Like everyone gets along, and you know there's some big personalities in there. I won't lie, but I feel like it, it works. Yeah. Um. And yeah, we we work hard for sure, and I think that's a recipe. You know, work hard and then you get to enjoy, you know, each other's company on, on and off the field, really. But, yeah, we, we, we definitely have fun when, when it's not footy and when it is, we, we um, focus and zone in and, and get it done. Talk to me about the 2021 grand final. How was that? Yeah, That was wild, right? Because <laughs> you captain the side? Yes. Yeah? How, yeah. Was, how was that? Yeah, it was it was an awesome year. It was actually a bit of a roller coaster season, to be honest. Um, I think we lost the first two games. Um and things were pretty low for a little bit there. And then um, found our groove round three, got a couple wins, um, lost to the Dragons towards the back end. We thought we were out for all money. And then I think a, a result in one of the other games went our way and we snagged ourselves a spot in the semi against the Broncos. So the Broncos had yeah. won three in a row prior they to that. They were on a run. They right? were, yeah, they were the, the hot favourites again. Um, and that was that game, the semi final against Broncos, Waikato Oval is probably... Yeah the best game of my life like really? yeah it, oh not that I played the best but just the memory like mm. we were losing I think they scored three or four really early tries all pumping us yeah um and then towards the back end of the first uh half we reined them in a little bit got the momentum and we ended up beating them I can't remember the score but like the fact that we um got on top from so far behind yeah. was sick like it was it was just no one expected it and then especially how well they started in that game like we were right off I think my family my brothers who couldn't come out to watch I was like oh yeah we turned it off at half time we thought you were gonna get pumped <laughs> thanks bros <laughs> thanks guys thank you my brothers <laughs> yeah heaps of faith um but yeah to get that win was huge like it felt like we won the grand final and then um yeah to play the grand final against the dragons up at um Redcliffe um we knew we had it in us um, and yeah, got the job done. It was, it was really cool. Being the first ever Roosters captain to lift that trophy yeah. was very special. Um, and yeah, it was just a, a well-earned win. 
Halloween celebrations. Lots of fun. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah good time. We yeah. stayed up there that night, um, had had lots of fun, came back, and then we uh, did a bit of a party time in the East, so it was good. In the East, that's right. I, I always wondered, is the girls Mad Mondays and celebrations similar to the boys? <laughs> like, do, do we just lock in somewhere, or is it is it a bit more friendly? I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know what the boys is like, yeah. really, yeah. obviously, but um, no, it's good a- fun. Answer that how you want, <laughs> how you wish, keep it PG if you want. No, it's, it's good. We, we just... Um, enjoy each other's company really it's just a nice way to wrap up the season we just pretty much stayed in bondi went out to one one or two bars yeah. just yeah had a couple of drinks couple yeah and um yeah enjoyed the night it was good you've done you've done a lot in the game you know you played for australia you played for the Maldives, played for new south wales um what's been a highlight like if you were look to look back in your career what's been one of the best memories that you've had Oh, there's been a lot. I so mean, take your pick. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, like honestly, winning the NRLW is a big one. Mm. Um, I think just because it is such a hard thing to do, um, especially that being the first year of expansion, like it was, it was a tough feat. So getting that was definitely something on my um, goals list that I wanted to do before I retired. So mm. really glad I got to do that. Um, another one, I think representing my Māori heritage has been huge and being able to captain them as mm. well. Um, I, you know, the first year I played with the Maldives, it was really scary because I felt like very detached to my culture. Mm. Um, and then going into that camp, there was, you know, a lot of girls that felt similar to me, but then a few girls from New Zealand um, who were very much the opposite, just very connected, very deep in their Māori roots. Um, and it was very intimidating. Yeah. Um, and then the following year to be captain and still having those, like the, those girls around, I felt like I didn't deserve it, a little bit of an imposture. Mm. Um, but, you know, coming through the other side of that, I realised, like, this is who I am. And, you know, the, the team got around me. And, um, yeah, like, that's something that... Um, you know, I've, I've played for Australia and obviously that's yeah. a huge thing and um, have been able to represent my state as well. Like, obviously, massive achievements for myself. But, yeah, really being able to represent my, my Māori heritage has been super special. Is that, you touch on your Māori heritage, is that just because you grew up in Australia? Yeah. Is that the main reason? Yeah. So, I was born in New Zealand but moved over to um, Australia when I was like three years old. So, yeah. I grew up pretty much like Australia has been home for me. Yeah. Um, didn't really learn much through my family. Um, about my Māori side, like not not to their fault. Like my mum, I don't think it, she really grew up mm. um, learning much of that while she was at school. Like she knew some, but just wasn't really immersed in it much. So yeah, I just wasn't able to learn from anyone really. And mm. like all my family, like my mum's one of 12, I think, and they're oh all God. back home. Yeah. yeah. And then my dad's family are at ho- uh, back in New Zealand as well. So yeah. Um, yeah, wasn't able to get around people that, that knew a lot about it and wasn't able to learn much. But that would be the same, like you said, there would be a lot of girls in a similar position. What kind of culture things did you guys do to, to build that, I don't know, that culture? Like, what would you guys do? Yeah, so we have uh, a culture advisor that um, is in camp with us the whole time and with us throughout all of our training sessions. And um, obviously... Uh, Music is a, a big part of the Māori yeah. culture, so we learn different songs. Um, we call them waiatas. That's the Māori word for songs. Yeah. And um, obviously the haka is a big part of it. So, yeah. you know, we've got girls like myself and Liv Koenig who have never done a haka in our lives. Yeah. So a lot of our time, um, you know, after training and in camp goes towards that. Um, and, like, just hearing stories about, um, you know, our ancestors and, and, um, and our history um, is – 
yeah, something that, you know, you don't get unless you're in that environment. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. After going through, you know, those sort of experiences, is that something that you want to pass down to Carter and Bodie? Yeah, for sure. And I've got a long way to go. Like, I'm no expert still <laughs> but be. I just um yeah the fact that I can you know put on like a bit of a multi playlist and like l let them like hear that and and you know just them being exposed to it in some capacity I feel yeah. like is a step up so yeah that's definitely something that I want to continue learning and and um, I would love to do with them really mm. which which would be pretty special um I think one of the main reasons why I wanted to have this conversation is because that you are a mother in the NRLW which is pretty rare like I, I, there's obviously a fair few well there'd be like a handful of the girls yep. that are mums in the NRLs, like Shanice Parker, one yep. of the greats. We Go love on. Shanice. Um, <laughs> but that's probably one of the main reasons. But before we jump into that, um, this is obviously a mental health and sport podcast. You know, we, we want to have these conversations to break down the barriers and stigmas of mental health and those tough conversations. So be as vulnerable as you want because um, there's no such thing as false vulnerability as, <laughs> I've, as I've found. Um, but I'd really like to touch on if you're comfortable um, with being a young mum to, yep. to Carter. How, how old were you when, when you first had Carter and... and and how much did your family help you get through that? Yeah, so I was um, very young when I had Carter. I was 16 years old. Um, so a very crazy time of my life. But, yeah, really lucky. I have amazing family um, who have helped me, you know, throughout my whole life growing up, uh, through my childhood, and then even through pregnancy as a 16-year-old. Very scary thing. Um, I remember when I... <laughs> I don't know if I told my mum or she found out somehow. Yeah, what was that? What was the conversation <laughs> with mum and dad like? I think I was in a, I think I was in a touch camp or something, and I must have been googling something on the computer back then. And my mum doesn't even know how to use a computer, but must have seen the history or something, <laughs> and calls me. She's like, "Colby, what have you been looking at?" And I was like, "Oh gosh!" So I had to, I had to tell her. It was a really obviously um, scary thing to tell her over the phone, mm. and so she was like, she was pretty calm. I learned after she was furious, yeah. but. Um, she just said, finish your camp and, and we'll, we'll sort of deal with it after. And I remember that was like the most stressful couple of days of my life. Yeah. Um, finish camp. She picked me up. Um, besides that phone call and her being a little bit stressed, um, like she was super positive and mm. um, yeah, pretty much like did a pregnancy test, found I was pregnant. And I just remember how amazing my mum was, but also my dad. I feel like my dad's a very um, calming soul, um, someone that I definitely go to for advice and love, protection, all of the things. But um, I remember having a conversation with him and he was like, look, you know, time is everything. You'll look back on this, you know, 10, 15 years and, and you'll think, wow, like I, I wouldn't have anything any other way. And, you know, I'm sort of at that time now and he's absolutely right. And I'm so thankful for, you know, the moments that I, and the conversations that I've had with him that have sort of just got me through some of the tough times. But yeah, it was scary. Um, he, Carter has an amazing dad who, who was very supportive as well and his whole family. So yeah, it was um, a bit of a shock, but you know, once we sort of um, accepted it and um, got really excited about it, it was it was a really amazing experience and something that, um, even though I was very young and um, you know learning on the run, something that I will always look back on and be really proud of myself because um, you know I got through that. I had great support and you know Carter's twelve years old now and he's the he's one of the, he's the best thing in my life. So I'm very lucky. Were you in high school? I was. Yeah, I was. Um, 
just finishing year 11. Did you have to take time away from high school? Because we had, we had a few of the girls in our year at Palm Beach Crumbin, same thing, yep. um, 15, 16 years old, and they took time off and then, and then kept, just came back in year 12. Yeah. Is that a similar situation? Um, so I was pretty much, I stayed at school until I was maybe three months, pre three or four months pregnant, and that was sort of, I was finishing year 11 because you finish in year, uh, term three. Yeah. Um, so I just decided I wouldn't do year 12. I didn't really have ambitions to go to university or yeah. anything. I thought... I won't put that stress on myself. So just finished up um, school after year 11. I was um, I was talking to a few of the girls in the lead up to this conversation just because I wanted to get some background. Yeah. And they and the feedback that I got was that you're obviously like obviously very well respected by a lot of the girls. Um, but just your morals and values as a person is just they just hit and they said comes from like comes from a, like a, a good family. And so I imagine Obviously, that's why you're the type of person you are today, yeah. is probably because of your family. But with a situation like that, I don't know, does it, I was going to ask you, does it bring you closer together? But I mean, imagine I'm pretty close, it's probably already pretty close anyway, right? Yeah, we were really close. Like we have a, I, like my mum's my best friend, yeah. um, as is my dad. I feel like we've always been close and I, it did bring us closer together. Like I'm sure my mum cried some, some tears for me for a little while. Um <laughs> Because, you know, I was I was the sporty girl. I had aspirations to be a netballer. And, you know, when you, you find out your daughter's 16 and pregnant, like, it's a, it's a very scary thing. Mm. But, you know, she um, she was there for me, like, through it all, uh, even though she was probably just as scared, if not more, than I was. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I think it did. It bonded us even more. And, um, yeah, I feel like nothing could could really tear us apart. <laughs> Sick. I'm really keen to talk about Bodie. Little yes. little Bodie. The boat star. <laughs> boat star. Mum in the NRLW. Was it something that you always thought that you were going to do? Um, have another baby throughout the NRLW? Yeah. Um, yes and no. I definitely knew I wanted another kid. Whether it was going to be before or after playing, I wasn't really sure. Um, there was like a little time period through COVID where we contemplated it because yeah. we didn't know what was going to happen and yeah. it got like a couple of years through yeah. COVID and we're like geez this could be, be a perfect time <laughs> yeah. um but no obviously uh we after COVID thought we'll wait till after I wasn't really sure how many more years um we had in us but yeah it all worked out how it worked out and it's been the best I um I'm 29 years old now and um, you know, the, the body's a little bit, <laughs> a little bit sore after does it, does returning look, back, yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, it's been, it's been so much fun and, and like the joy that Bodie's brought into our lives and like the Roosters team has been really cool. Cause you, Bodie comes and Max come, is it Matt? Matt. Matt, sorry. Um, Matty Baxter. Um, <laughs> Matty Baxter, yeah. But you guys, he has to come on the trips, yeah. which is so cool. Yeah. It's the best. Is that, that's part of the initiative that NRL rolled out? Yeah. Yeah. So through the pregnancy policy, if you have a child under 24 months, I believe, um, they can come. If you're traveling for a game, they can come and you can bring a carer as well. So we took full advantage of that. Yeah. Um, they've come away to both of our Queensland games, um, which has been, yeah, heaps of fun. He's well-traveled. And, and the girls <laughs> love having him around, right? They do. He's got like, you know, 20 aunties like <laughs> rolling around, right? He does. He's he's definitely used to being passed around and having cuddles from everyone. And I think it's the best. Like these are memories that he'll, he obviously won't remember, but there's lots of footage around. He'll be yeah. able to look back and be like, oh, that was pretty cool. And yeah, something that I appreciate. And um, just the way that the girls and the staff have gone about it. Like I definitely... 
Matt and I were both a bit apprehensive at the start. We're like, oh, should you come or not? Like, we were worried that that'd be a distraction or that Bodie would be a distraction. But it's, but it's honestly not. been the best. No, yeah. it's been the best. I think there's just something about having kids around. It's very calming and, like, makes you feel in the moment and just um, takes your mind off footy, which is amazing. I heard that you were training right up to the pregnancy. What, do you, how, run me, run me, <laughs> like, I, <laughs> training, like, all the, like, all the way through. Is it, did you know, like, when you were pregnant, you're like, I'm 100% coming back to footy? Was that always the goal? Yeah, the yeah. goal was definitely to come back to footy. Um, I tried not to be obsessive over it. Like, I definitely thought I won't, like, I'll, I had confidence. I've been through it before. Obviously, I was a lot younger, but I knew that, through my pregnancy with Carter, I, I played netball all the way through, felt really good, was able to get back and play um, multiple sports pretty soon after. So I just had confidence in myself that I'd be able to do it. I know rugby league's a whole different ball game, um, but felt good throughout this pregnancy. Probably didn't train as much as I did with my first one, um, but just tried to keep somewhat consistent in the gym. Um, and yeah, the return was like pretty seamless. I felt like I was, I heard, I heard you were doing <laughs> like 50 returns two or three weeks after the pregnancy. Is that right? <laughs> 50 returns. Like just oh. like running, just running <laughs> two weeks, three weeks after. Oh, we did. Yeah, we did. A, we did a couple. It wasn't many, but, um, yeah, it actually felt really good. I, I missed running. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah, I did. Um, they were pretty slow, but yes, we did. We did some fifties. Do you have a plan in place? Like, do you talk to a strength and conditioning like your strength and conditioner when like before and afterwards, like, do you have a plan in place? Cause it hasn't really, doesn't really happen too often to be honest. No. Like, and it's probably a bit of uncharted territory. Yeah, it is. And I found that I was sort of just learning on the go. Um, I didn't really know and still don't like know the exact process of what you can and can't do. I've definitely had the mentality of just listen to my body. Um, I feel like, there's some power in, in, in the female body and the female mind and, and being connected um, with ourselves. So I just really had trust in myself. If I didn't feel right, I um, knew when to pull back. And if I felt good, I knew I could sort of just power on with it. But um, Jake Kelly, our SNC, has been awesome. He's yeah. um, definitely, you know, been very consistent with checking in and making sure that, um, you know, the body's feeling good and not overdoing it if there's a gym session I need to miss or you know, something just to tweak to make sure that I can get through the weeks. Um, he's been great with that. Because you, you girls are kind of like trailblazing the way for other potential mums coming through. Because that's the, t imagine that's probably one of the most topical conversations between the girls is whether to <clears throat> have a child throughout their professional sporting career or wait till after the career into their 30s. Like, yeah. I don't know, is there any, do you think you can, you're obviously coming back and killing it. Do you reckon it's be something that most people can do? And do you think it will change that conversation? I think it's it's definitely something people can do. Um, and I think we will see more of it. Um, you know, there's been a few of us that have done now. Like Sammy is like a great example. She had a couple of kids and came back and absolutely killed it last year. Shanice Parker, as you mentioned, has been awesome too. I feel like we've got a lot of girls that are at the top of their game around that age where you would think, they might want to start thinking about having kids. So it will be interesting. But um, especially the fact that, you know, some, some pregnancy policies will probably be put in place over the next to, few years. It has right. to. So um, girls should be able to take advantage, advantage of that and be able to come back and be supported and, and get back into the game. What would be some of the biggest things that would help you? Obviously, like being able to have Matt come into the, like, into yeah. the game. Like what are some of the big things that would help? Yeah, definitely support. Um, 
with the kids like I'm very lucky that I have you know my mom that is able to watch Bodie a lot more than maybe some other people other players mums would be able to or or family members could because um you know work and whatnot but maybe um yeah more more care around the kids bring them into training um I'm lucky they don't have to do that but I think a lot of parents a lot of players would have to do that um yeah I, I think that's mainly it obviously like financially you know con- and contractually being supported through that Stable. time off as well like yeah. that's it's a scary thing but is there a pregnancy policy in the nrlw now not yet i don't so say it's even in a contract if you're contracted for the next two or three years and became pregnant yeah would you still get paid you know, I, I'm, I, I don't actually, know. I'm not a great sh- question yeah I, I don't think it's set in stone yet but yeah. um it's definitely something that they're looking at and, and working towards so yeah. That'd be huge for the Th- women's game. That would be, and that just ties into the whole like CBA like agreements, right? Yeah. Wild. That's yep. a conversation for I another know. day. We don't have to get into. <laughs> we, don't, we won't get into that today. Um, the kicking, kicking it podcast. Yeah. How's it traveling? What's ha- what's the what's the, I don't know what's the, what's the vision for it? Yeah. How did we How did we get here? <laughs> That's the question. How did we get here? Yeah. So Kiana um, and I, we have been best friends for. Many, many years, as long as I can remember. And we've done everything together. We played sport together. We grew up. Um, we play, We started playing rugby league together. We played American football together. But um, we started our... It wasn't lingerie uh, football, right? It was. <laughs> or was it actually? Yeah. <laughs> I, we spoke about it in Millie's and Achilles podcast. That's enough lingerie football for the weekend. <laughs> I, I don't know why. Because obviously when I was like a kid, like I would see it come on. Yeah. And, but I, I don't know. I just uh, didn't think it was a thing in Australia. No, they brought it over for like a couple of years. But uh, it, it was like the training was legit. Like we yeah. worked really hard. But yeah, the whole lingerie thing was a bit of a... But yeah, that's something that we had a bit of fun with. Um, we started our first business, CK Athletic Development, where we um, coach young kids. Um, we do speed and agility and football skills programs. Um, and we have been doing a little bit of work um, in schools and clubs as well. Um, it was really cool last year we got to do, uh, sorry, at the start of this year with a couple of clubs in the Shire, we did a, a six-week tackle-ready program for all the girls' teams because they were starting their competition. So that was that was pretty fun. And then um, we sort of rolled into our podcast. So we originally wanted to do it last year. Um, I was pregnant, so I had a bit more time on my hands. Um, but we just couldn't get it together quick enough. And then we thought, this year, let's, let's get it done. So we just, being current players, thought that we had some good insight into what's happening in, in the NRLW and women's rugby league in general. Um, thought that, you know, we've got a pretty handy um, relationship with a lot of the girls. So, um, yeah, we just talk footy. We do some previews, reviews of, of the games, um, get the girls in, have a chat and learn a bit more about them off the field, which I think is probably the best part of the podcast, just learning about the athlete, uh, learning about the person, not just the athlete. Mm. Um, and, yeah, we have, you know, big vision to sort of grow outside rugby league and, and get some other guests on and hear their stories too. And, and that's another thing that <coughs> we were talking about before kicking off here is that there's so many, like, male sporting podcast shows like it's so cool that you've got two current players who are in the thick of it who have such great relationships with the girls because you obviously play yeah and having that as an avenue for young girls to look up to and, and actually listen in right yeah exactly that's it and you know i think 
there's not many of us doing it. I think we're we're the only ones alongside um, Millie Boyle and Keely Davis. They've yeah. got one going too. We did a little collab earlier this <laughs> so week, good. which is amazing. And I hope that there's more that pop up over the next few years as well. So, um, yeah, really exciting and a bit of fun, but something that um, can help grow the women's game. Will you just keep it to NRLW girls or will you expand into other sports We as would well? love to expand into other sports. We definitely have spoken about that and have goals to do that. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Who are the Golden Goose athletes? Players, who do you want to get on? Oh, would love like a Sam Kerr or something. Yeah, yeah. very topical, very topical. Yeah, yeah. Um, or like even some of the, the Sevens girls. Because yeah. I think we're going to see a lot of them come over to NRLW as yeah. well. So it'd be sick to sort of hear their stories. But um, yeah, sky's the limit. Um, what do you think just on the, just on the transition, do you think, are we going to see a lot more girls cross codes? I wanted to touch on, I wanted to stick on the kicking it podcast, but this is obviously very topical at the moment. We're seeing a lot of girls from rugby, AFL, NRL, jumping coach, Bookie Walker, for yep. example, you know, played, um, played rugby, went over to the AFL, played in the NRLW last year. She's back at Essendon now. Do you think we'll start seeing that a little bit more often? I think we will. We, we've seen even just this year a, a lot of the Sevens girls that have come over and, and playing in the NRLW, Tyler Nathan Wong, mm. um, Niall Will Williams Guthrie, uh, and Sheridan Gallagher, she's a soccer yeah. girl that's come over. She's killing it for yeah. the Knights on the wing. Um, so I think so, and I, and I love it. I think if there's an opportunity to try something different, why not? Do you think... Who's reckon leading the charge? Do you reckon the AFL or the NRL's leading the charge in terms of like participation in women's sport or just mm. like how good they are? I'm biased, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm going to say the NRLW. I don't know. I feel like AFLW, their, their competition is um, huge, right? Yeah. Like they have the they expanded, all the teams. They expanded quick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah they they went, so every every AFLW replicates like obviously an AFL yeah. team. Yeah, yeah. So they've, they've got a lot of teams. And I know there was a little bit of chat around maybe them doing it too quickly. Yeah. Um, and that's why the NRL wanted to take it a little bit slower with expansion. But it looks like I see AFLW stuff everywhere. Yeah. And I feel like they're doing a really great job um, marketing the game and, and getting yeah. their, their faces out there. And, um, yeah, just showing that AFLW is around and, and you guys should watch it. So I think NRLW are getting there as well. Mm. Um, and uh, I think... Hopefully, um, it just continues to grow. Well, it ties in. Like, the girls are really leaning into, like, obviously, like, the socials, the marketing side of it. <clears throat> and it's cool to see even, like, oh, we have a good relationship with the Swans. Like, the Sydney Swans facility is amazing because the boys and the girls, they coincide. Like, it's just one big facility. they got a beautiful coffee shop upstairs where everyone's making coffees. Boys yeah. and girls are, like, relating. Like, it's just, it, it's just so cool. I think one of the girls was making their debut the other day and all the boys were coming through. And then the strength and conditioning guy said, hey, boys, we just have a quick announcement to make. Like, yeah. such and such is making their debut and all the boys like yeah that's so cool and so it's like <laughs> but do you girls have much to do with the boys like is there much crossover or like same facilities what's what's the to setup to be honest no and I think that is somewhere where we can improve um like I remember the first year we played Roosters we were there was probably more crossover yeah. and maybe because of just the excitement around the first yeah. ever NRLW and we would um, when trainings would cross over, would play like a touch game together. Yeah. And um, I think we even had like our end of year celebration together and things like that. But no, we don't, we don't see that much or not at the Roosters. Um, I know Kiana's spoken about doing a few things with the Cronulla um, Sharks men's team. I know um, like Nico and Wade and stuff get mm. involved and help with a bit of coaching, which is yeah. pretty cool. Um, but besides that, not really. And I think like, that stuff with the Sydney Swans. That's sick. So I would cool. love if um, the men and women's 
teams integrate a little bit more in, in NRL. But that's probably that's probably like what the like successful. Obviously, like Sydney Roos is one of the most successful clubs in the NRL. But <clears throat> you see that clubs do it, and I probably see it a little bit more in the AFL space. But it's really cool to see when they cross over. I don't know. It just builds. Talk about culture. Yeah. Like that's that's the whole thing. It's like you're one big one big family. It's yep. not like. It's not like the boys like oh we're like we we want our own time like we yeah. want this like that's dumb yeah it's no, so stupid sure. right yeah and like you know the boys are great like we the times that we do cross with them it's awesome and they're yeah. very friendly and and we have chats and um they're generally interested in in how it's going for us but yeah it'd be cool if there was just more opportunity like we're we're in different hubs like they have the um the they're set up at Allianz. We have their old HQ in um the entertainment quarter which is awesome we love it there it's our space now for, yeah. for the girls predominantly so um yeah we're, we're pretty separate in, in most things just on the on the training spaces how are you going finding balance throughout being a mum and then also training and then also having a business and then also having a podcast like, <laughs> how, how are you finding the balance it's a lot it, it is a lot um you know the days are the days are pretty busy and it's like walking out the door with five different bags just being ready for the day mm. um but i love it i enjoy um having you know things to do it, it probably gets to a point where i'm i do think to myself am i overdoing it <laughs> but um you know I, I think it falls back on that support and having people around that just you know keep you focused on on what your goals are and and help you su help support you in any way to make them come um come to fruition so it, it's it's definitely a juggling act um I, I obviously have to sacrifice a little bit of time with Bodhi to be able to get and train and, and do the extra stuff that I need to and then you know the podcast is um an added thing and I'm really lucky that I've got Kiana who does a lot for for both of our businesses um especially this year with me out of action a bit with Bodhi and, and, and then trying to stay on top of my rugby league game. So um, it's it's just making sure that I communicate with those people that I'm dealing with every day and, and we're supporting each other as best as possible. This might be a silly question, but do you have to put your like goals and ambitions to the side a little bit? Because you, you talk to any parent, they're like, I would just do anything for my kid. Like all my stuff sort of sits to the side once you have a kid. Yeah. Obviously being a professional athlete, you're super competitive. You grew up with yeah. a bunch of boys. <laughs> Might be a silly question, but do you have to put your goals and ambitions on to the side a little bit? Or how do you navigate that? To be honest, I, I don't feel like I have had to um, because of my support. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I bring it back to yeah, that. And yeah. I know it sounds like really fluffy, but like my husband, Matt, he's he's awesome. Like if it was up to me, I, I could have taken the, e not the easier route, but you know, I could have said, I'll just have the year off and be a mom and, and primarily just spend time with Bowden and Carter um but he knowing me knows that I love footy and that I mm. want to get back into it and has done everything um possible to be um available to look after the kids and and get them organized so that I can go and and accomplish my goals and and get straight back into it pretty much as as my mom and my dad have with their support as well so um selfishly I I feel like I've put my goals forefront yeah. um and you know i don't feel like i'm missing out i'm still with them throughout the day most days and um you know get a lot of family time on the weekends when you know i'm not playing obviously but i've i've been really lucky that i'm able to you know be able to still do the things that i love and and dedicate a lot of time to that and how cool is it that like your kids like mum is playing in the nrlw yeah and playing for australia <laughs> and playing for a culture like that's going to be something that you like they would really look up to Cause I, mean, I listened to a podcast with 
I think it was like Rich Roll and Paul Carter. I'm stuffing this up, but anyway, he's a player in the NBA. Um, one of the one of the most successful players. I, I don't listen to NBA much <laughs> stuff much, but it was really cool because he was talking about having kids in a professional environment and a lot of the traits that he wants to like pass on to them is obviously hard working you know all the all these like examples of resilience all this little stuff and he's like well they're not going to see that if i'm just out working and they don't come with me so he brings them to training so that's why i see like he brings Bodie to the games and obviously carter's around as well so it's like i don't know what kind of traits do you want to pass on and do you think it's really cool that you know your kid gets to come with you to training get to be around the girls yeah for sure i think i haven't really um realized that the impact that it's had on more so Carter mm. over the years until the last couple of years now that he's growing up and he's playing his own footy and I yeah. can see some really great traits coming through him and, and he's growing into such a great little man. So definitely resilience is one of them. I um, I like to think that I'm a resilient person and um, no matter sort of what gets thrown at me and, and what challenges I go through, like you can always get through it. Um, hardworking for sure um, and just just enjoying the process. Yeah. I feel like not taking it anything too seriously um, and just, yeah, like making the most of whatever opportunities and just giving giving it a crack. I feel like um, that's probably my motto. Whatever whatever you want to do, like give it a crack, whether you fail, whatever. But if, it, if it's something that you enjoy, love and you want to do, then go for it wholeheartedly and um, like you're, you're going to be happy either way. So Carter's definitely, um, you know, he's, he's growing up and he's learning these things and I think he's, he's around um, great environments. He's got an awesome family. Um, he's got, you know, he gets to come into, you know, different training environments with myself as well and um, some of my friendship groups that he's just around great positive people and um, the fact that Bodie, you know, he's eight months now and he's already been around some yeah. pretty cool people and, and he's learning just from watching and he'll continue to do that over the next few years i'm excited to see him um you know look up to not just myself but his his older brother as mm. well and, and and learn from him does carter listen to mum when it comes to footy tips because <laughs> <laughs> i never listened to my mum. Yes, <laughs> yes and no i feel like he does he he um his dad's a big touch he's a, he love he's obsessed with his dad so he he mainly goes to his dad for any footy yeah. tips but um he's very competitive yeah. he's probably more competitive than me um and uh, yeah I, I it's just at age they're playing really good footy at yeah. under 12s yeah. and um it's, it's just cool to watch and and see um yeah their team come together and him just doing what he loves as well corbin i kind of want to ask we t- obviously we touched on everything that i wanted to touch on um <laughs> but was there anything that you think that we missed throughout this conversation like what's what's impacting you mostly in, like in this time of life for you at the moment that you'd like to touch on is there anything uh, i feel like we've touched on on some really great some great points um like obviously right now um big focus of my life is being a mum being an athlete um i just yeah it, it it's the balance of of things it might not be that you're a mother it might just be that you've got stuff going on mm. everyone's got lots of shit going on but just knowing that, um, you know, whatever you're going through, whether you're going through, whether it's a little challenge or, or a huge one, um, like get a good support system around you. I know that that's been huge for me. Um, and like you, you can get through whatever it is. If there's something that, you know, you something's pulling your heart that you want to do with your life, like go, go for it get good people around you and you can pretty much achieve anything what does life after footy look like you're obviously doing a lot of space in the media space Mm. what's it going to look like who knows yeah i actually really love just being a part of rugby league i'm loving um talking about 
uh, Women's Rugby League on, on Fox doing a bit of commentary and, and panel and, and stuff like that. Loving my podcast. I think anything, I love loving coaching. So I feel like I've got, um, you know, my hands in a few buckets and whichever way I sort of go down, I've got some great options. But I just, I enjoy um, sport in general um, and particularly rugby league. So as long as I can continue to help grow the game in some capacity, I think I'll be I feel pretty fulfilled. Amazing. Well, Corbin, hey, thank you so much for coming on. Um, first NRLW player to come on this podcast, which I'm really excited about. Um, but no, thank you for like being open and honest about you know your whole upbringing, giving us some insight into what it's like being a mum in the NRLW. I think it's going to be really cool to see what the next couple of years look like for you. Um, I think there'll be a lot of young girls and boys coming through that are going to be looking up to you know, players like yourself, which is really exciting. And then also, yeah, just girls who are resonating with the fact that, you know, it's, it's actually it, being a mum and playing elite sport is something that's really cool. So thank you so much for coming on. Um, I really love this conversation. It's been awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Keg. Appreciate it.